You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising program of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. Good evening. Lovely to see you. Thank you for joining us today and thank you for obliging and coming this week again. As we've taken like how many weeks of your time? Um, dear BS, we're very sorry last week we were unable to air, but this week, thank goodness and thank God for good health. We are here again and today is our concluding episode for the topic domestic abuse and forgiveness. The last time we met, we looked at what forgiveness meant. Uh, we also looked at um, what forgiveness means actually to both the victim and what it means to the perpetrator because we say we don't want to have a one or a lopsided um, discussion about the matter and there are so many things we learned I think the best thing to say is IGTV is your friend if you didn't watch that episode just go to our videos you would see the episode for today we'll just go straight on into the work and what we'll do is just for a quick recap we're going to start with what is forgiveness the pastor shell is going to help us recount what forgiveness is again so that we have a background to what we are saying because a lot of people have this was something we listened this is something we discussed last time we talked we talked about myths about forgiveness especially when it comes to domestic abuse so pastor shell is just going to help us in a not quick shell to tell us what is forgiveness. But before she answers that, that Pastor Shai, there are definitely some people who are going to be hearing you for the first time who are going to be wondering why they should listen to you. Could you just quickly help us with a brief introduction of yourself, please? Thank you. I'm Gracilis. <laughs> it would take a long time to introduce myself, but all I can say is oh, that wow. this is a topic that is close to my heart. And this is something that um, in the, the lockdown... I wrote a book called Stop, Who Are You Hiding From? And in this book, it talks about um, forgiveness. It talks about areas in our life that we've been through that we need to learn how to forgive. And it talks about why do you need to forgive? It talks about relationships. It talks about yourself and how you view yourself. And it actually helps you to go on a journey to help you to discover areas in your life where you might have locked away where something might have happened in your childhood and it was traumatic but you actually locked that experience away and you thrown away the key and so therefore i'm in the book i'm explaining how all these things are important and we as human beings are very very complicated we we have different areas and different things going on in our lives, but each area in our life needs to be unlocked, whether it's what's happened in your childhood, whether it's your relationship with your siblings, whether it's your relationship with your friends at school, your teachers, all these things impact and impede upon our lives and can cause us to act in a certain way. And forgiveness helps us to unlock the doors to freedom and understand why we behave a certain way. So if you was bullied at school, for example, and you had people 
telling you that you are no good. You had your parents telling you you were no good. You had people at school telling you no good. You had your teachers telling you that you are no good. Then what are you going to be? What are you going to think about yourself? You're no good. And all of that will cause resentment, will cause hatred, will cause bitterness. Pent up feelings will go on inside of you where only forgiveness can release those doors so that you can walk in freedom and you don't have to be the little girl at school who was bullied in your mind. And as we go on this evening, we'll be, we'll be talking about unlocking those keys, unlocking those doors that goes on in your mind. And Thank you so much. Okay. Sorry, we're saying something. There was something else you wanted to say. So Pastor Shelley has helped us with um, the facts and the reason why we should be listening. Uh, a big welcome to Mommy Ada who has joined us. Welcome also to Down Scene Drum who has also joined us. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Pastor Shelley has written a book which she did during the pandemic. You know, a lot of things happened during the pandemic. Uh, she wrote a book on um, Stop, you know, Who Are You Hiding From? And for those who have not gotten the book, she's just given us a little iceberg of what is in that book. And so, Pastor Shelley, let's start off with what is forgiveness and why do we need to forgive? I know you've mentioned that a little bit in what you've said in your introductory speech, telling us that um, sometimes the reasons we behave is because of unforgiveness that we've not dealt with. So what is forgiveness and why do we need to forgive? Okay. Welcome, Chichi. The first thing I want to explain is what is forgiveness? Forgiveness, because every time we hear the word forgiveness, I'm sure we've grown up with that word, but we don't actually understand what it really means. So what is forgiveness? It is a conscious effort on purpose that you have to release the feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or a group who has harmed you, whether it be mentally, physically, regardless of the fact that whether they deserve to be forgiven or even acknowledge that they have done wrong, you still have to forgive them. Because sometimes people think, well, these people don't deserve what they've done to me. They've hurt me. They've harmed me. But it doesn't matter. You still need to forgive. And even if they don't even acknowledge and they don't even come to you and say, look, I'm sorry what I've done, you still have to forgive them. You have no right to say because they haven't acknowledged it, they've done something wrong, and they're not even acknowledging what they've done wrong. I don't need to forgive them. Yes, you do. You still need to. Because, and that's why it's a conscious effort. That's why you have to do it on purpose. You can't just do it, um, well, you know you can't just do it off the top of your head because when you're feeling resentful, when you're feeling hurt, you don't want to forgive. That's the last thing you want to do. So the fact that forgiveness, the word forgiveness is a conscious effort. You've got to do it on purpose. You've got to do it on purpose. Okay. I, I like what you've said. You've talked about that forgiveness is conscious and is irrespective of whether or not the person apologizes or even understands that they've hurt you. It's something you are doing and you're doing it for yourself. Are there other reasons why we do need to forgive? 
Yes, um, the, 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 the main reason why we need to forgive is that the Bible talks about in um, Matthew 18.34, it says that, let me just actually read that scripture so you can get a background of it. Um, Matthew 18.34, it says, In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or your sister. So basically, if we if somebody has done something to us and we hold it in our minds, then we're we're, we're given over to the tormentors because you find if you if something has done you wrong and uh, and that has really aggrieved you and you feel so bitter, you feel resentment you feel hatred towards the individual it will play on your mind you go to night and go to sleep and you're thinking about the situation you get up the next day you're thinking this person how dare they did this how dare they touch me you'll be thinking about it all the time so it's almost as if you're 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 put in a prison tormented with those thoughts with those feelings of resentment with those feelings of hurt with those feelings of how dare they? How could they? And, and all of this emotion and all of this hurt can go into a cycle. One day you feel all right, the next day you don't because you start thinking about it again. And the cycle needs to be broken. And how it's broken is to forgive. That breaks the cycle of being tormented. And I was just thinking the fact that when we was all in lockdown, we were in lockdown because the government said that we had to stay in our homes. But what happens with this situation is that if you don't forgive, though all those thoughts and, and feelings are within you. So you're kind of in lockdown within yourself. Mm. Mm. So it's not the government saying stay at home. It's you by not forgiving, you're staying inside yourself. Because when somebody meets you, you talk about the same issue. When somebody else talk, sees you, you're talking about the same thing. So you're literally tormented with that situation. Because it's, and, and the longer you leave it, the deeper it comes in your life. Um, there was an example um, I wanted to say, a short example quickly. And it was a story, and I've written it in my book, about a lady that she she was hurting because people had hurt her for many years a group of people and she was just holding this offense and talking about it and she decided she wasn't going to places where these people were going to be because they've hurt her and this happened for about five years she was thinking about the situation how hurt she was and it wasn't until she received a tape uh, or a cd in the post and on the CD, they were talking about forgiveness. And she had a dream that she was collecting all this rubbish. She had black bags and collecting all the rubbish. And she couldn't understand the dream. But she realized from listening to the tape, it was talking about we can harbor a lot of rubbish with inside ourselves because of unforgiveness. So basically, you're making yourself into a, a, 
a person where nobody can really reach you because of this resentment, this pain, this hurt. So nobody can really connect with you. So you, you, you literally come, become imprisoned by those feelings. Well, why we need to forgive because forgiveness breaks the cycle forgiveness helps those emotions to heal forgiveness brings freedom and it helps you to bring closure to the situation that is why we need to forgive thank you so much yeah, thank you so much i'm sure we've learned a lot from that that when we forgive we bring closure to the situation it helps our emotions to heal and it also breaks the cycle and and this forgiveness it is irrespective of whatever things i was talking about hurts here and we're looking at it especially using domestic abuse and, and you said something about the lady harboring feelings and things like that and, and i know that severally sometimes you get people saying to us um let's forgive and forget i know we, we mentioned that last week you get people saying to us so let's forgive and forget and um, you know is it really possible because i know last week we said no we don't forgive and forget we forgive and remember so we don't as it were put ourselves in places of danger and hurt again so what exactly is the role of memory when it comes to forgiveness because that's another thing that people uh, struggle with they think that since they forgive if they have truly forgiven then they shouldn't remember anything the person has done or sometimes even some perpetrators demand when you say oh look at what you've done this was what you did the last time they demand that your forgiveness means a total amnesia no more memory of it so what, what's the role of memory and i would also say what's the role of feelings when it comes to forgiveness thank you okay Thank you so much for joining us also, Ronke. You're welcome. As, as, I, as I was saying, that um, the memory, I would actually say, when you go through a situation where somebody has hurt you, harmed you, even tried to destroy you, you're, you're not going to forget at all. You're not going to forget. But the thing is, the memory will be there but it's how to actually deal with those memories. See, when the thoughts and the memories come into your mind, the best way to deal with it and to deal with the person or the group of people who has harmed you or hurt you is to just say, I choose to forgive. Like I said, again, a conscious decision to say, say even if you have to say it out loud, I choose to forgive that individual. I choose to forgive Tom. I choose to give forgive Linda, I choose to forgive whoever it is, that you say it, because that will help to lessen the pain, that will help to lessen the, um, the emotional content, because we know that when, when you have a memory, the emotions come with it, so when you say out loud, I choose to forgive Tom for, for, for for being bitter towards me, for hitting me, you are lessening that memory by your own volition, by your own speech. You're protecting yourself. And the fact that you're forgiving that individual, it doesn't mean that they're going to be let off the hook. It doesn't mean that um, it, um, 
minimizes what you've been through. It does. It means that you will be released from that prison cell, as I was talking about early on. You'll be released from the tormentors, because what what happens is the thoughts will come to your mind, but you will deal with it in a different way by saying, "I choose to forgive." So that will help you to move on into your future, and it helps you when you choose to forgive of those feelings of hurt and resentment, then, then it will lessen the pain. And every time you think about it, the pain will start residing and it'll start subsiding away and it will, it will demolish that pain that you used to feel when it was heightened in your mind and in your thoughts and in your thinking and in your emotions. There's a scripture I want to say is that um, from Isaiah 40, 31, it says, but those, but those hope in the Lord will renew their strength. For those who hope in the Lord, their strength will be renewed. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So it's almost as if when you choose to forgive and even though those memories will come to remind you of what happened you can be like the person who is like the bird who's let out of the cage because you're learning to free yourself and soar like the eagle so that you can escape from those feelings just saying i forgive the individual for what they've done. Okay. So, I mean, for what you said, it is quite possible to remember these things, but not to remember them with feelings of resentment and feelings of revenge or feelings of how bad the hurt was. And it's not something like what we discussed the last time we met. It's not going to be something that would happen most times all at once. You're going to have some flashbacks of what has happened. And for every time you get these flashbacks coming back, you might have to deal with it. And like Pastor Shelley has said, say consciously to yourself, I forgive this person. You have to deal with it. Don't push it to the back of your mind. If it comes up or you remember another aspect, deal with it and move on with it. Deal with it and face the face and move on. Because at the end of the day, what you want to get to is a point where you can look at these things without feelings of resentment. You're welcome, uh, Perlinic2219. Thank you for joining us. You can look at these things without feelings of resentment. You can, you can, you can remember some things and not feel resentful at all. I mean, if you remember the story of Joseph and his brothers, brothers, what did he say to them? Yes, you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good. This has made me a better person. I'm now in a position to help other people, having gone through this or that particular incident. And then that brings me to, I mean, who we are, we are the church, you know, and I will just begin by asking, do you think that there are ways in which we as a church, we deal with the issue of forgiveness when it comes to domestic abuse? Are there some unhelpful stands we take that somehow could actually put people in danger? What, what, what do you see the role of the church, especially when it comes to domestic abuse and forgiveness? Okay, I would, I would say that uh, with the church, I would say, unfortunately, um, the church can play down 
the situation of domestic violence. It's almost as if it's a, a hush or something quiet that nobody really wants to talk about. But we do need to talk about it. And um, I'd say number one point, uh, when dealing with resentment and hate towards the perpetrator or the abuser, um, when one is spoken to, it's almost as if um, uh, you need to um, not think of anything bad or just kind of consider that everything will be okay. So it's kind of like swept under the carpet and the situation is minimized, basically. It's really sort of treated to a minimized um, situation. It's not that important. And yet the person could be in a situation where in domestic violence, they could end up losing their lives. So there, there are situations that could come up, like sayings could come up, like um, uh, it might not be that bad, you know, just just pray about it, just just wait. I'm sure everything will be okay. But yet that person is still put into danger. Or another thing is that you encourage the person to forgive and forget the wrongs of the individual. Um, and again, playing down the behavior but yet that person's still in danger or oh show the person love show them love and 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 um wait wait stick it out and wait but yet the person is still in danger and also it can almost make the uh person who is being abused feel guilty for wanting to do something about it for wanting mm -hmm. the situation to change because there's somebody who's saying, no, 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 just, just wait, wait. The individual will change and they need your help to change them. And well, is that still playing down the situation? And that person is still in danger. However, I will say, if the, the, um, the person who's abusing does not want to seek counsel, and they do not want to identify uh, their behavior, then the person who's being abused need to make a decision to totally separate from the abuser because it can be detrimental to their lives. Their lives is in danger. And also they're living in a hostile environment and they need to protect themselves and they need to protect their children. So they need to take some form of protection to move out of that situation. And unfortunately, um, within, within the church, I think it's starting to wake up since the pandemic that this is a, a problem and this is a situation that needs to be dealt with. And I will talk about um, how to deal with it as time goes on. Okay. Thank you so much, Amaka, for joining us. Good to see you tonight. Um, and a big shout-out to all who have joined. I hope I've not missed out some names already. Uh, Pastor Chelly has said that the church, unfortunately, is not dealing with the matter as we should because we put the burden of guilt rather on the victim. We, we, we shame them. We shame them into a certain mode and a code of forgiveness. 
putting the burden of change on them, putting the responsibility of peace on them, making it look like if things are going to be okay if they only just cooperate. Meanwhile, there is supposed to be a change from the other person. And so I think it's time we look at what are some of the practical things when it comes to forgiveness because does forgiveness mean that um, the person should not be reported? I mean, if you have a case where someone is sexually assaulting the children in the house or, you know, you have a case that has actually turned criminal in the mode and in the working and as working in forgiveness does that mean you can't call the authorities does that mean that appropriate actions cannot be taken does that, what, what exactly you know when we're looking at forgiveness what does it entail what are practical things we should do um and things we should not do when we say we are forgiven especially when it comes to domestic abuse and things that we could do to actually keep ourselves from danger because at the end of the day we don't want people we, we've had too many it happens like almost every year there will just be one story of a, a, a set of believers who have allowed domestic abuse run so far and at the end of the day somebody has died and then the church will start again oh so what exactly do we do welcome being bob barongo for joining us you're welcome thank you well i think the the, the, the practical things that we should look at is the fact there is a a, a great fact that there is a need to be a, a support network within the church okay. because the statistics, what is said that there is one in every four women, one in every six men are affected by domestic violence and domestic abuse in our lifetime. So in the church, we need to hold a zero tolerance on domestic abuse. We should be aware of it and deal with it straight away when it's happening. And this only can happen if, if we have specialist training um, to teach leaders to have awareness. And we need to have more of a support system in place, whether it's for the men or the women. So in the churches, we should have something that is there, that is um, a place that people know that they can go to and feel safe to go to. And, and feel that they're, what they want to share, they're not going to be suddenly treated like outcasts, that people are going to suddenly look at them in a different way and sort of put them down. But when they do talk, they are supported and they're not treated as if they're, they've got the plague. And that's the reason why a lot of people don't talk about the situation because of people's attitudes. And I think a lot of people need to change their attitudes towards domestic abuse. Okay, this idea that I came up with, it's called PIN, P-I-N, it's a method. First word is prevent is intervention. And the third word is networking. So, so what prevent of PIN? PIN. Prevention, intervention. Okay. okay. Now the first, the first one is prevention. So it's raising awareness to encourage people to talk about domestic abuse, making steps to 
identify those at risk so that they can be protected. Henceforth, yes, we should call the police if that is necessary. The intervention is allowing people to seek help and provide consistent support so that person can feel that they, they are naturally supported by the, the, the church environment, that they're not going to feel like they're outcasts, but they feel supported and loved. And also, uh, the third is networking. So we need to network with outside organisations, um, people who've got specialist counselling skills to prevent further abuse. And the last time when I was talking, I was saying sometimes we don't talk about the person who actually abuses people or the perpetrator. And I said that somebody doesn't wake up one morning and say, I'm just going to go out and abuse somebody or I'm going to abuse my spouse. They don't wake up just like that and just do it. There is a process and they have probably come from a background where they might have been abused or they come from a traumatic childhood background where it's caused them to operate in abusive ways. Because sometimes the, the person might not even realise they're being abusive until they realise they need help and then they get counsel and then they start realising, oh my goodness, this is how I'm affecting this individual. So I was saying that also the perpetrator needs to get help as well. So sometimes we deal with the person who's been abused, but we forget about the abuser. Because if, if there wasn't an uh, abuser in the first place, then somebody wouldn't be abused as well. Mm. So we deal with both parties in the church. Um, I like what you've said, this uh, summary you've given. Uh, welcome, Renny. I think for this summary you've given concerning P, which um, you've said preventing intervention and networking, I, I think it, it, in a brief, in the shortest form, that's exactly what we need to do to make sure that uh, people are safe, to make sure that people's emotions are actually being dealt with because our emotions are not something we can ignore. And especially when it comes to domestic abuse, it's something we all need to be aware of and deal with. And I love what you said about consistent support where the person does not feel like an outcast, the person does not feel that something is particularly wrong with them because um, they've got these issues in their home. Um, I'm looking at the time. I think we're running out of time. But before we go, this is what happens when you're having a good time. Pastor Shelley, do you have your last few words for us when it comes to domestic abuse and forgiveness? What are your last thoughts to us, um, for us? It's already past nine, so I'm looking at that time. If you could just help us. Final words, domestic abuse and forgiveness. Okay. All I can say is that forgiveness helps to release you from the feelings and emotions of bitterness, hate, resentment. And you need to forgive in order for your life to have meaning, to have freedom, to have purpose. If you allow yourself to be locked in that prison, like I was talking from Matthew 18, 34, where it talks about being with the tormentors, then you cannot live in freedom. 
One thing I can say is that the day you forgive, you open the door for you to walk in newness, to walk in freedom and have a life which you don't have to keep looking back. You can look forward to your future. But if you don't forgive, then you're just locked into that prison. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important that you need to forgive to be released. Mm -hmm. And what I leave with you tonight. And also there's a couple of scriptures, two, two more scriptures. Um, the Bible talks about how often we should forgive. And in, in Matthew 18, 22, it says, Jesus answered that. And he says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Meaning that if somebody stamped on your toe once or twice or three times or four times or even seven times, you've got to forgive them every time they do that. So whatever area or whatever offence that comes to us, because the Bible says offence will come, we need to take time to say, I'm just going to forgive. I'm not going to hold this offence. I'm not going to hold this grudge. I'm not going to hold on to this. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to forgive. And also, so important forgiveness is that it's part of the Lord's Prayer. And it says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So it was really important when the disciples came to Jesus, how should we pray? And he put that in the Lord's Prayer, that we need to forgive others. And the last thing is that if we don't forgive, then it stops our Heavenly Father from forgiving us. But it's a two-way thing with our relationship with God that we need to forgive, keep short accounts and forgive so that mm. give us. I like that. Keep short accounts. And perhaps you're joining us for the first time. This is Kada Matas. It's, uh, another, it's another part of the arm of Kada. Kada is an, an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. And on this program, we talk about relationships. We're looking at the home, especially looking at domestic abuse, looking at building healthy relationships. And for more than two years now, we've been you know, talking about domestic abuse. And this is one aspect that we felt we needed to talk about as a domestic abuse and forgiveness especially as we identify as a charity of faith perhaps you join us midway and um, you're here pastor shelley talking about forgiving 70 times 7 i just want to quickly say that we have also de um, demystified some myths about forgiveness as in forgiveness doesn't mean you continue to keep yourself in a place of danger so just uh, the thing is you could have issues even with forgiveness after you have left that place while you are by yourself you don't need to see the person to have issues of forgiveness issues of forgiveness you could memories could creep in and creep out and at that point when a memory creeps in you know we have been told that we need to deal with the matter and don't think that because you forgot you've forgiven your memory gets wiped out it doesn't it's only god that can forget 
and not remember. We are human beings. We're going to remember, but our goal is to remember without any form of resentment, any form of revenge, any form of retaliation. So we're stopping here. Um, this Monday, we celebrated, um, it was the World Mental Health Day on October 10th. It was also the world the day for recognizing homelessness and i tell you that those are two things that affect emotional uh, affect domestic abuse homelessness domestic abuse is a cause of homelessness for some people and so next week we're going to be looking at um, uh, a housing officer with more than two decades of experience is going to be speaking to us about domestic abuse and homelessness because sometimes people remain in situations because they're thinking where am i going to stay um, how am i going to what's going to happen to me you know that is something you do not want to miss and after that we're going to be looking at domestic abuse and the social worker because these are things that people face and because of misconceptions we're not getting the very best from the services that are around us. I want to say a big thank you again to everyone who has joined us tonight. And a special thanks also to Pastor Shelley, who has been with us for, she's been ready for the past three weeks and she has been with us. We are extremely grateful. Pastor Shelley has written a book. We would put that book up again on our Instagram page so that we could get to see it. I know it's available on Amazon to buy and to read. It does talk about the matter of forgiveness. So for now, we're saying bye for now. Till we see you again next week at 8.30. Have a lovely weekend and a lovely week ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Mommy Ada. Thank you, Bimbo Barun. Thank you, Ijamaka. Thank you, Renny. Thank you, Pini. I didn't get that name well. And thank you, yes, Renny. Thank you for joining us. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye, Pastor Shelley. We hope you enjoyed and learnt from today's session. Till we come your way again, remember, God hates abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, say no to domestic abuse. <laughs>